dog boy. <laughs> is that something I would say? Maria is a mother who lives with her two children, including a disabled son who was fired after protesting the poverty wages she earned while cleaning a luxury office building in downtown Miami. Maria came to this country almost 30 years ago and has worked hard her whole life trying to provide for her family. She's a caring single mom who takes food out of her own mouth to feed her family and the four rescue dogs she's taken into her humble home. She was fired earlier this month after protesting low wages and lack of benefits at her job. Maria is behind a month on her rent and she's scared that she may end up on the streets before Christmas. Please pitch in what you can to keep Maria and her uh, family at home. I'm going to donate to this right now. That's interesting that that's what you're donating to. And I was actually thinking about donating to some of these uh, filmmakers, uh, minority filmmakers who have been shut out of Sundance's uh, uh, like stipend program to help them with their, their travel expenses. Well, we have we have different priorities, but not it, to diminish either one of them. Right, They're but it, it is different. on brand for the you know for each of us. You know, like it's me Christmas. And the, I mean, yeah. I mean, I try to like give what I can. Yeah, we're good. Normally, we're good I people. Mean, uh, I rec- I recommend everybody look up um, Maria's GoFundMe. It's called Justice for Fire Janitor, and uh, I am going to donate right now to. Um, click donated done done well I don't have a specific link to plug but go to hashtag film twitter you'll find plenty of film critics who uh, were shut out of the program and who should go yeah so if you want to find it if you want to find a link to the, that that um, story that I just read out about Maria uh, here in Miami um, you can find it in my twitter feed or you can just look for justice for fire janitor on gofundme um yeah. So what's up, Dave? What do you got going on over there? It's only a few days before Christmas. It's the solstice. It's the first day of winter. It is the solstice. Actually, I think uh, as soon as we're done recording, if Gina's home, we're going to go light a, uh, a log, a fire log in the backyard. Oh, you going to fire one up? That's right. Celebrate. Yeah. Crazy. Um <sighs> Must you? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's a, not like she listens to this nice shit. It's a nice thing. It's not like she's going to hear me make fun of that. I promise you she won't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> we could say literally anything we want. About her. <laughs> the thing about Gina, I've always wanted to say. Um, um, what am I up to? Gina's yeah, lovely. We're going to do that tonight. And then tomorrow I'm going to continue recording little segments for a Star Wars Rise of Scar... What's it called? Skywalker? Oh, yeah. Should we do this old school style? Should you like? Should you promote uh, piecing it together and any other projects you got going on? Really quick up front. I guess so. You got any? You got any? You got any? Um, any? Any uh, dates coming up? Uh, any? Any comedy clubs? We've got dates. They're not, in fact, at comedy clubs, but uh, one of them is, in fact, a Mexican restaurant called Lindo Michoacan. That's actually for the new podcast I'm producing right here on the All Points West Network. It's called all rice no beans and it is hosted by uh the manager of the lindo mutual chain of restaurants here in las vegas and it's all about 
restaurants and uh, owning a restaurant and being an entrepreneur. And it's totally outside of my wheelhouse, but uh, it's going to be a really fun show. We've been recording them for the last couple of months and we launch on the 30 year anniversary of Lindo Michoacan, which is January 6th. So you'll be able to find yeah, that and, anywhere. Uh, I've heard some, some dailies on this one yes. and uh, I got to say it's, it's fun. Um, it's interesting. It's very like sort of, uh, it's very foodie, but it's also, it's like inside baseball kind of, if you've ever wondered how like the blood and the guts of restaurants really work exactly. and how people can get them up off the floor. It's, it's a pretty fascinating show. Um, it doesn't really, we don't really have anything like it on the network right now. That's right. Um, so it's really filling this, uh, this, this, this interesting niche for us. And it's the kind of stuff that is very off the beaten path type programming that, um, you know, is specific to it's like you probably don't know you want to hear this show until you hear it. Exactly. Then, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's, that's it's what cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to not not just restaurant people checking it out, but for other people checking it out to like, you know, be like, Oh wow, I, I wasn't expecting to listen to a restaurant podcast, but these are really interesting stories and fun. So Yeah, so it's called All Rice No Beans. Check it out anywhere that uh podcasts are available. Does it have a um does it have a website, Dave, or no? Yes, or just, all, all, just all rice will be up uh, okay. for the launch. All right, cool. So yeah, it's still a little early for that. We're hoping to get this up as sort of like a Christmas episode a few days before um, Christmas. Uh, I'm making my annual sojourn to uh, to Puerto Rico, which I always do this time of year with the family. It's just something we do, and regular listeners already know that. Um, you got any big plans? We uh, are going to Gina's mom's for Christmas Eve and also Christmas uh, morning. And then we are going to see Bombshell in the theater on Christmas Day. What do you think about that movie? You know anything about that shit yet or not? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be kind of like Vice was where it's like, you know, they get points for really, you know, the performance wise and just the fact that they make these people look exactly like the, the real people. But otherwise, yeah, that's the it, thing it's I just keep no hearing. teeth. I keep hearing you know? everybody talk about how how um, Charlie Starin looks exactly like this fucking pain in the ass <laughs> from Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, man. I don't know. I remember when all that shit was going on. Do you? I mean, like, it was such a lifetime ago to think about when Trump was... Um, feuding with oh, not Megan McCain what the fuck is her name uh Megan Kelly McCardle <laughs> Kelly M- Megan Kelly yeah. thank you so I mean that feels like 200 years ago it does it feels like so long ago like I remember thinking to myself there's no good people in this story that's fine. the problem that's the real problem yeah. it's like are we really gonna give a shit that a bunch of you know racists but had had, yeah, racist had problems. pieces of shit. Yeah. yeah. And like complete assholes. Yeah. Uh, like just reprehensible human beings. It's hard to push. Like you have to make them kind of lovable. Like I, I, I go back to the example of it's always sunny for like a show where there's no good people mm-hmm. or uh, something where there's no good people, but you still kind of root for them. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, uh, that show, that movie bombshell is just the, perfect watch it the week that it comes out on hbo movie mm. yeah it's surprising that it's not an hbo movie um yeah, it's, I mean, it like, seems like it would be one but yeah. yeah who's that guy that does all those is that the same guy the same guy that it does is all those jay jay, Ro- yeah. jay roach uh, director jay roach, director yeah. of uh didn't he do meet the parents or, or something he did some like 
dumb mainstream comedies. And that I, might be the case, but he definitely uh, did the Game Change movie, which yes. I watched a whole bunch. I thought that was a really good. I thought that was actually a really funny movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, like, that's great wherewithal to look at that that situation, the whole you know 2008 McCain candidacy and uh, campaign, and the choice to pick Sarah Palin as his running mate, and look at that and be like, okay, this is a comedy. Right. This is like a farce, and that's that's a pretty. You know, pressure. He's done a few other movies like that too, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, he did Trumbo. <clears throat> Trumbo. Uh, Trumbo was great. I love. Trumbo. I, I did like Trumbo. It was good. I liked Trumbo a lot. I did not know that he did that. That was a really good underrated movie that kind of skated under the um, yeah under the radar. I, you think uh, what's his name? That guy's that guy's typecast. I mean, he's he's Walter White. I don't know how much other things, he, how many other things. They he tried do. really hard for. It was like maybe 2016 ish, 17, where they they put him in like six movies in a row, and just none of them did much. And yeah, I don't know. He's, the he's weirdest and saddest thing out there right now to me is Frankie Muniz on Twitter. <laughs> he's just like he'll just send out a tweet about I don't know like. Uh, I this might be true. I don't. I you you have to fact check me. I'm not sure, but this is just, I'm, like an example, right? Mm. It'll be like Variety. Uh, Robert Pattinson cast as new Batman, and he'll just like send out a tweet, be like, "Hey, you know who else is available for that role?" And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking? About? <laughs> so weird. Oh, no. <laughs> he'll reply to like. I don't know. It just, it seems like there's something sad happening there. He's got like an oil, an like olive oil company that he's running <laughs> that looks like it's mostly run by his wife, who's just kind of like, I don't know, taking advantage of being married to Frankie Muniz. I don't know. <laughs> he like lives somewhere in Arizona or something like that. And I'm sure he has a great life. I don't know. He, it just he must have money. I would imagine. You think? I don't know. He's got to, because that show is like syndication and all that shit. Like, is it? Is I don't know. I don't know. I mean, does, syndica- does syndication still get you like a bunch of money it anymore? Has or is- it has to. Otherwise, what is any- How what does is it have anything? To? Who's watching? Any- When's the last time you watched a syndicated rerun of a, sh- of a TV I, show? Never, but apparently somebody does. I mean, it's got to still mean something. Otherwise, who makes money off of anything anymore? I really, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, if we're going to dig down to the core of the frankie muniz question <laughs> it would be me wondering like who the fuck actually makes money on anything we've talked about this shit before advertising i don't get how it's still being supported mm. how is advertising being supported who is buying a toyota because of a commercial that they saw right yeah or, or a banner ad or or, or those those ad. two oh, yeah, ads even, at even, the top of your like gmail in the, inbox it, in the ghetto of the world of, of advertising, the, the ghetto is uh, digital advertising. Right, right, and, right now, I, okay, we're, in, we're, we're talking via Google Hangouts uh, for people listening at home. And uh, at, uh, so I have my Gmail window open. And at the top of Gmail, you know, the top two messages are fake. They're ads. They're, they're not actually messages in your inbox. And one of them is for HP Toner. And the other one is for UNICEF. And I, I mean, am I going to click on those? Wonder if I have that. I don't have that. You don't have that? No. Wow. Maybe I have no, a virus. I, I, I don't have that. 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what did you do to get that? That's how I it is. I don't want it. I've heard other people I just want to make sure I don't, ever, I don't ever get it. You don't have ads at the top of your Gmail? God damn I don't damn have it. ads at the top of my Gmail. I'm looking at my Gmail inbox right now. It's just... Maybe I have to I have a separate out. tab that says promotions. Yeah, I've got that too. But in my primary inbox, I've got... But, and by the way, all these promotions are things that I've sort of expressed some kind of interest in. Right, right. Like uh, Bernie Sanders, NBA store, Walmart, meat market. You mean Bernard Sanders? It, why is it, why does it always come from J. Bernard Sanders? Sanders? That, is that just me? His emails no, come from, to me as Mine Bernard. comes from berniesanders.com. Yeah, that, those messages come from Bernard Sanders for me. Bernard Sanders is the thing that like Hillary fans or Hillary people <laughs> use to kind of like... It's like calling... It's like the a much like lamer and weaker version of of like Barack Hussein Obama. Right. It's like that. Or like Barry. it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or Crumbo or whatever. It's 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 like supposed to be a jab uh-huh. at, at him and it's like why do I get I always just thought it was funny Barack Obama being like, "Yeah, that's my name. That is literally what I am called." <laughs> my name is Barack Hussein Obama. Thank you. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Very limited Barack Obama impression. I haven't worked on it in a long time. <laughs> Dave, speaking of people who are fully... who Wait, okay, how about this? Speaking of an outsider, generally an outsider, fake outsider, I should say, um, Democratic candidate who the Democrat establishment is hoping makes a big push and uh, ends up being the nominee because I think all those things match with Barack Obama and also all of Barack Obama's former staff mm-hmm. is flocking to this um, this candidate Pete Buttigieg mm-hmm. who is the uh, mayor of South Bend, Indiana who we all have heard of know about and um, if you're under the age of 40, you probably don't like because apparently he has a, the highest negative ratings of, of any candidate um, amongst the under 40 Democratic primary voters. But I, I, I don't know. There's been a lot of Pete Buttigieg news and stories, the whole wine cave thing at the Democratic debate. Did you did you get to see any of that or no? Um, I only saw a clip of, of Bernie just absolutely ruining him. That That's all I saw from the debate. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what made the rounds. And I think that he kind of shot back at Elizabeth Warren. Somebody made a really good point because he made, he shot back at, at Elizabeth Warren with a, who was also criticizing him for holding this lavish fundraiser in, in a wine cave owned by the same billionaire who was like the principal investor in Theranos. <laughs> but um he uh he he shot back at her about you know having all this money and uh from her previous campaigns and being able to fund her own war chest which is true but and and it's a it's a good counterpunch but somebody made the point of um like nobody remembers that shit all that anybody's gonna remember is the wine cave mm. like nobody's gonna remember like, you gotta you gotta take it on the chin speaking of taking it on the chin I wanted to read this story to you because it's 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 not something that you're going to need to have like a lot of deep inside political knowledge and understanding to just find funny and to maybe have a take on. Um, so this comes from Ashley Feinberg. I, I want to preface it pre- on Slate.com. It's um, 
Ashley Feinberg's a great reporter who I follow on Twitter, uh, who you should follow as well. Um, she is one of these people, and I'm gonna, I'm hoping that I can explain this the right way, Dave. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying forget about like the sort of romantic notions of like what a hacker is or what somebody who, you know, like a like a not a girl with the dragon tattoo type person. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about people that are kind of like me and you who are just like always on the internet who had like a live journal account 20 years ago who you know just like know how logins work and how user ids work it just are generally like maybe 10 or 15 more 10 or 15 percent more familiar with the structure of the internet and the way that it works like we're not fucking genius computer geniuses or anything but we just know how things on the internet work like if you know how how logins and cookies and uh, uh, you know how, how how searches work and things like that, like just real basic stuff, right? That that not everybody knows. She is one of these reporters. She is a reporter who has made a career on just kind of generally knowing how accounts online work and how the Wayback Machine works. And again, being about ten or fifteen percent more versed in how the internet works than the average person, mm. and just finding these golden nuggets out there of old internet that tells you so much about what you need to know about specifically politicians or people who are like politics adjacent. One of her favorite subjects is, um, is uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. So like people like that, she's able to find these really funny and generally telling and, and, and embarrassing tidbits of real information. So I bring you to yesterday's article that she posted. Um, I'm not going to read the headline because I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start right in. Pete Buttigieg, the young telegenic mayor of South Bend, Indiana, uh, prides himself on being the only millennial currently vying for the, pre- the presidency. And his path up to this point has been a fairly deliberate one. He was even named most likely to be U.S. president his senior year of high school. By the way, anybody named that should never be allowed anywhere near the presidency. <laughs> Anybody who before the age of twenty makes a thing about like wanting should to be, be on a watch list, really should be on a fucking watch list. <laughs> should be on a list somewhere, unless I make an exception and it's racial. I'm sorry, but like a cute little black kid who's like ten years old sure. and wants to be president, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine. All right. Like you know, or Latino kid, cute little Latino kid who's like, I'm gonna be the first Latino president. That's okay. Yeah, I'm all right yeah. with that. But like a seventeen year old straight a suck up fucking like tool it should where the kid wearing the bow tie to fucking high school that kid should be on a fucking list somewhere um and kept as far away from any power as possible anyway uh as as any young aspiring politician knows carefully maintaining your image online is key and no tool in your early career arsenal is quite as effective as wikipedia Luckily for Buttigieg, there's at least one person carefully looking out for his needs on Wikipedia, someone who has followed his political career from the very beginning and whose interests and connections track his own with eerie sympathy. The Wikipedia user uh, was there to post the site's first mention of Pete Buttigieg's political career in 2010 and to write the very first iteration of Buttigieg's uh, Wikipedia page. They go by the name Streeling. Streeling is an old Irish word that means wandering, the sort of word that you might be familiar that might be familiar to the son of a scholar who studied James Joyce. Joyce uses uses the noun streel, meaning a disreputable woman, in Ulysses, 
which Pete Buttigieg has cited as the book that influenced him the most. The Wikipedia user, uh, however, is not Pete Buttigieg, according to the uh, to the to Buttigieg's presidential campaign. Uh, she goes on to talk about how he she reached out to him and that they denied having anything to do mm. with this Wikipedia editor, but she goes into what this guy has done. Streeling appears. Streeling, this Wikipedia editor, appears to have made their their account in July of 2010. When they went to a page for Indiana elections and, as they notified other users, added all the major statewide candidates and referenced their various campaign sites. One of those added candidates was Pete Buttigieg. Uh, Streeling also took a bit of time that day to do some grammar-related tweaks on the Indiana State Treasurer's page. Um, about a month later, now this is at a time when Pete Buttigieg, Dave, he was running for Indiana State Treasurer, which is a statewide position. Uh-huh. He got his ass handed to him. This is also during the period of time when Pete Buttigieg was going to the uh, to the Indiana Tea Party to try to um, appeal to them, mm. which should be another huge fucking red flag for anybody considering voting for this guy. Sure. Um, so she goes through all of these different uh, Indiana-focused edits that this user was making, right? All these things that were sort of pete Buttigieg adjacent like updating the um the famous uh or notable um alumni pages to include include pete Buttigieg's name notable alumni from harvard notable alumni from his high school notable alumni from or notable you know uh members of of indiana politics so somebody was going through this streeling person in 2010 was going through and making all of these updates right mm-hmm. making all of these like pete Buttigieg focused things so this girl is great because what she did is she goes a little deeper and what she's able to find is that the uploaded photo that this guy used in the very first Pete Buttigieg page that was ever made Mm -hmm. that Pete Buttigieg himself claims that he had nothing to do with was the full resolution and you'll understand this working with Gina as a photographer the full resolution full metadata on the from the card of the photographer that was hired to shoot Pete Buttigieg. Right. And so the, and it's it's the it's it's seven times bigger than any other version of that photo that's floating around on the internet. It's the original. <laughs> it's the full, you know, 10 megabyte version of the of the photo. Right. And um so whoever this person is had access to that photo, which was presumably a deliverable given from the professional photographer that shot it directly to the subject. So, it, I mean, what like you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like what, what based on your knowledge of the way that photos work and the way that photographers work, being basically engaged to one and with one for the last ten years, like what does that mean to you? Yeah, it means that that the person who uploaded it most like it also let let's what's the date on this again? How long ago? 2010-ish. Yeah, because, I mean, I would say at that point, it's not that easy to send the high-res file to someone else. This is... No, no. That, you that have might to hand be, it off. Yeah, that might be or, pre-Dropbox. Or Dropbox it. That might be pre-Dropbox. When did Dropbox launch? But regardless, that, that is so clear that it's the person who originally had the file is the, the person who uploaded it. No one else would have had access to it. So she, Ashley Feinberg, goes, goes on and finds... All, all manner of damning evidence that 
this person and also an earlier Wikipedia user who kind of fucked everything up and was feeling their way around how to um, how to actually manipulate Wikipedia, mm -hmm. which, again, you're not allowed to write about yourself or or your organization or your company or a company that you work for or a company that's paying you. Yeah. Um, which I know, you know, people people do circumvent that all the time yeah. that that's a bullshit rule. But still, I mean, come on. Um, so <laughs> there was another user named Hanumang06, who's that number, that, that, uh, that username tracks back again to a very, very close friend of Pete Buttigieg's who was somebody that, uh, went to his high school, but graduated later than him. Mm. So that guy fucked around and tried, whoever that person is, fucked around and tried to get, um, like, he did it in a very ham-fisted way. He tried to get a page started for Pete Buttigieg before Buttigieg had done anything, really. Like, he hadn't really accomplished anything. He had been a Rhodes Scholar. He had been a part of, you know, McKinsey, which, again, both of those things should be, again, huge fucking red flags. Okay. He was was an officer uh, in, I, in, in the military, and he hadn't really done the things. He hadn't been written about. He hadn't been talked about in a way where, like, the third party validation that you need to be on Wikipedia. Right. Actually, you and I could very easily be on Wikipedia because we both had a lot of articles written about it. I know. It's and something I've thought about actually recently. I was like, I should really get myself on there. There's so much yeah, shit get about me out there. Put us on Wikipedia or something. Because, I mean, like, we had like 10 articles written about us when we were rappers. Yeah. And, you know, we've had some articles written about this stupid podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've had our, like, whatever, almost 20 years of doing comedy and shit together. And, uh, you know, you've had your own work in, in film and um, all video games all and over TV. The place. And I've yeah. been a journalist for a long... I was a journalist for a really long time. And, uh, like, it, it, that's the, the bar. The threshold is, is there are there third parties who have written or talked about you or yeah, have you been featured in things? And up to this point in his life, that wasn't the case for Pete Buttigieg. Obviously, he's had sort of a... A, a meteoric rise, I guess you would say, sure. in the last eight years since he became, since he lost that first election. Uh, you know, he became mayor of South Bend, Indiana. It's a fucking tiny ass town. And I think like 75 people voted for him, but still, you know, yeah. like that's, that, it's something. He, he did something, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. And he's running for president. He has presumably, uh, apparently, he has millions of people that support him, although I'm not entirely sure that they are real people that actually exist. Mm -hmm. Um, so the takeaway basically of, of what, of what Feinberg is saying here, she says, what does it all mean? When I asked, uh, the person who was claiming this guy, uh, meager, whether he was saying definitively that the Streeling account had no connection to Buttigieg and that Buttigieg did not know whose it was. He replied, right. He does not know who it is. This is the, this is Chris meager, who is basically Pete Buttigieg's spokesperson mm -hmm. who was answering questions for her during this period of time so they're sticking with not knowing like not knowing who this person is not knowing what their motivation is and there's so much evidence i mean from metadata to uh you know similarities in different posts on wikipedia to <laughs> there it is I was unable to find a single instance where this full uncropped version of Buttigieg's 2012 portrait had been used online prior to Streeling uploading it to Wikipedia, except that is for the photo photographer's own website. 
the portrait taken by photographer Matt Kishore is intentionally difficult to extract in any conventional way. Attempting to right-click and save the image leaves you with a completely blank GIF file. And clicking the download button prompts you to enter a password. You can, however, go into the site's source code and extract the image that way, which leaves you with the file scene here, which I'm clicking on it, and it's like not the right. It's like, it's the full version, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Like you would have to go through the back end of the website, basically, to go into the source code to find it. Well, I think that's how it works, yeah. Uh, not only does the metadata indicate different creation dates, as well as the fact that one was taken directly from a camera while the other was not, but the original file uploaded by Streeling is nearly seven times the size of the one on the photographer's website. So that's the original, right? So it's somebody that had access to the original. Further, she goes and finds the view, uh, the restored and deleted pages of old images, because Wikipedia keeps everything except for images that it rejects. Mm -hmm. So it rejected this image because it said that the person didn't have the copyright. And the person replied back, and there's a field where it says basically, why do you say that you have the copyright here? And it and the, the, the note in the thing, mm. in the restored, when she was able to find this restored, cached, deleted photo, the note that was put in there was, I am Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> I own the copyright for this photo. <laughs> so I just, this seems silly, right? It's kind of a dumb story. Uh -huh. But the kind of person that does this when they're like 28 years old, like that they are already curating their own Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. It's just so cloying and like, gross and <laughs> it's just you know these fucking people man we know these people yeah yeah these are terrible fucking people the people that do this kind of stuff the thing is is i i completely agree with you but at the same time i'm like i i can't imagine there's that many other people that even want to be in this world like of, of politics like it seems like they're all fucking no, there, disgusting there's, there's there's a billion fucking rat-faced eggheads like this guy out there there's a billion of rat-faced eggheads and I, somebody made the point where they're like somebody was showing you know these probables like what what these guys what ch what chance these guys stand based on polling each individual against trump and and he was one of the lower ones where he it was like I don't know, 44 to, to 48 hmm. Trump would, would beat him or something like that. Um, which we've talked about on the show before that Trump can lose probably by like 10 points and still win because of the way that the that the electorate is sure, set up in the yeah. electoral college. But somebody made the point where it was like, oh yeah, Trump would get up on stage with him and call him rat face one time <laughs> and it would stick forever. <laughs> and, and nobody, and everybody would just like, you know, shake their fist and and uh, and and faint onto their couches with how what poor decorum it is, right? And how bad it is, and how like vile, you know, violable of the norms it is that he called his opponent rat face. But guess what? Twenty years from now, everybody would be calling him rat face still. <laughs> everybody still calls Marco Rubio little Marco little Marco Rubio. Everybody calls Jeb Bush low energy. Look at any of look at any of Jeb Bush's recent tweets and you'll see some Trump guy or some asshole MAGA dude or chick 
calling calling Jeb low energy. It fucking stuck. Yeah. It stuck. Crooked Hillary. It stuck. Mm-hmm. It fucking stuck, dude. Um, but I am reminded when I look at that shit, uh, you know, the this this pathetic, like, grasping, shitty, like, weak, self-promoting garbage. I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, you know, of somebody, like, going under, editing their own Wikipedia page, which it just is disgusting to me. I find it fucking reprehensible. But I'm reminded of Bernie. And, like, the fact that, that there's that photo out there of Bernie getting arrested uh, for marching and protesting for civil rights mm-hmm. with Martin Luther King. And nobody has ever – nobody he, he won't talk about it. Right. And I think about, like, if a guy like Pete Buttigieg had a photo like that, how he, – he would build a fucking shrine to it. It would be his Facebook and, cover oh, this photo. whole thing? Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that day. And he would gladly – self-promote yeah and and push and i mean god do we really want people like that do we want people like that that like set up and triangulate their career from when they're in high school and figure out like i'm gonna go to the number one college i'm gonna go uh into the into a, a military branch where i'll never be in any kind of danger just long enough for the minimum amount of time just long enough to be able to have it on my resume and then i'm gonna go into mm. you know this venomous fucking deadly uh, uh, incubus of an organization well, it, called McKinsey. Uh, I mean, also, like, like, I hate those people, dude. How do you not hate those people? You got to think, like, for anybody who doesn't think that that's a big deal, like, where's the line? Like, what what do they do that's filthy enough? <laughs> you know, right. That just that finally gets to that point where you're like, ugh, you know, like because yeah, it is. It's it's gross. It's just gross. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I said earlier, and I, I'm reneging on this a little bit because I did say that I the only one of these candidates that I wouldn't vote for is Biden. I, you know what? If it comes down to it, I'll vote for Biden. Mm-hmm. But the bridge, the bridge that's too far, is Buttigieg. I won't. I just I won't vote for him. I'm sorry. No, this is interesting. I'll leave it. I'll I'll leave it blank. I'll leave it blank. I'll leave that section blank. I'll write in. I'll write in somebody. I don't know. I'll write in fucking Jeremy Corbyn. I don't know. That bad, huh? No, he's he's the far and away the worst candidate. I don't know, man. He he just he just seems like the most pointless one. That's that's what it seems like to me. Well, everybody. The thing is, he's getting a lot of because. I think a lot of the the people that the Democratic establishment were were hoping would be the ones that would that would spark a flame mm. didn't do it right right yeah yeah Kamala dropped out Cory Booker I don't know what's keeping him in but he might as well he could drop out tomorrow nobody would even notice right, right the other establishment candidates obviously the biggest one was was Biden and he's I mean like <laughs> I don't know it's not his fault man it's the elder abuse what they're doing to him <laughs> like he shouldn't be. Uh, He's not in a great mindset to be doing this job. And if he was in a good mindset, I would not want him because he's when he when he was semi-functioning, he was a piece of shit, and I would not want. Now he's like a doddering dipshit, and you just like you don't want to you you hate to you hate to see it. And I, it's fine. Like just let him let him go be with his kids or whatever. I don't know. It, it's kind of, um, you know what it reminds me of is uh, remember when Kirk Douglas was brought out on the MTV Movie Awards. 
<laughs> no, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. But let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, obviously, I would vote for I would vote for Warren if I have to. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather not. I would really much rather vote for vote for Bernie, obviously, and uh, everybody to other varying degrees. But like the establishment, it's weird what's happening right now because the establishment, it seems, is trying to like figure out who who they can get behind. And if you judge it by where all of the Hillary supporter energy, and I, I don't mean like just Twitter supporters, I mean people who were on staff mm-hmm. with Hillary and people who were on Obama's staff and all these crooked media guys who, um, uh, you know, Pod Save America dudes, who they're quietly and, you know, silently pushing. It's Buttigieg. Bud- they're, they're landing on Buttigieg and there's they're thinking, you know, I mean, it's it's fucked up, but this is the way that these people think. I'm sorry. They're thinking that the Obama black, Obama being black, element can they can they they can play it and spin it in a similar way with Buttigieg being gay. Right, right. And and, and I'm sorry, man. That sounds like really fucking cold and heartless and uh and and cynical. But that's the way that these people are. Mm-hmm. That's the way that they How see How can we things. use this? How can we use this? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. What's your impression of Mayor Pete? Or do you have one? Oh, like I said, just my my main thing with him is that he doesn't stand out in any meaningful way that he actually, you know, is anything of interest, like anything to get behind other than just like, oh, it's it's the Democrat, I guess, like if he was to win. Um, but I, there's nothing about him that, you know, excites me in any way as, as a voter. Buttigieg's treasury campaign back in 2011, I guess, was also fully aware that at least something on Wikipedia was happening on his behalf. The photo that was uploaded, which he claimed was being uploaded at the direct behest of Buttigieg, uh, P- Buttigieg himself, now has a permission box beneath it, noting that Wikimedia Foundation has received an email confirming that the copyright holder has approved publication. While most users can't view the actual correspondence in which permission was granted, a Wikipedia user with necessary permissions shared a screenshot of the correspondence with Slate. The email, which was sent from Pete at PeteForIndiana.com, begins with the following line. I hereby affirm that I, Pete Buttigieg, I'm the creator and or sole owner of the exclusive copyright. That, that reminds of this me of photo. When, that reminds me of when my dad wants me to pick him up a package at the post office, and he writes out like a note for permission to, for me to pick up the package, <laughs> and it's really just me writing it. You know. <laughs> oh my god! I just the kind of person who is at the start of their political career and has their eye on this shit and is already imagining it and is so concerned about curating their image. I I get it. I know that a lot of people do it, but there's just something about this guy where it's, 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 it's all incredibly important to him. The way that he's perceived, the fact that he's out there, the fact that he's like chasing clout, like it's, it's super important to him. And all these appearances, it's all, all the, it's all for appearance. It's all, it's superficial a lot of this shit and like you said there's nothing to him like yeah there is nothing to him he will be he was a he was a management consultant he'll be anything that he he'll be anything that he has to be Mm -hmm. those guys trust me 
I know them. I work with people like that a lot. Sometimes I am that person. Like they go in and they get paid huge amounts of money to tell their clients the things that the clients already fucking know. Right. And th- and to give them the permission structure to do the brutal shit that the clients, uh, that, they, that they want these clients to do. So it, you that's that's the big trick, by the way, to a, a Pete Buttigieg, to, to McKinsey, and to all agencies and firms and companies like that, 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 that make their money off of just this like fluffy idea of intellectual property, selling ideas, selling PowerPoint decks, selling, you know, vaporware. You walk in there, figure out where the company is already at, where the client is already at, like what they're leaning towards. Mm -hmm. Just figure that out and push them that in that direction, because guess what? They're already leaning that way. thousand dollars please that's it like the business that's all you have to do it's so fucking weird it's the 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 american business world is one of the weirdest fucking uh like ecosystems in the planet it's so divorced from reality and governed by um just nothing (laughs) no not nothing it's governed by like the 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 broken mentalities of so many people it's governed by like by by all these um well nothing of substance i mean like you know nothing of substance no it's it's governed by like this this collection of of neuroses and uh and and like weird friction power struggle struggles it's it's just it's also meaningless and vapid and empty and like that's what a product of it looks like Mm -hmm. the kind of person that comes out and their priority or one of their priorities is maintaining their fucking wikipedia page (laughs) like that is what you get um i don't know maybe that's what we want maybe that's what we deserve as a country yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) it sure seems like it what do you think about Star Wars? You, sort of, you Spoil Star Wars for everybody, Dave. Spoil Star Wars. So if you don't want Star Wars spoiled... Uh, no, no warnings. No warnings. Just fucking do it. Okay. Don't be a bitch. Don't uh, be a bitch. Just spoil it. Who cares? Ray... Who fucking cares, Dave? Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter because, of course, she has to be somebody's, uh, you know... That's what all the arguments were about, right? Yeah. Like where? Well, in the la- in the last Jedi, she was nobody. That was the big reveal. Her parents were nobody. Her parents were nobody. Yeah, and now it was wonderful because it meant anybody could be anybody. You know, it it, it actually meant yeah. something. But no, uh, her parents were nobody because they were people who ran away from from Emperor Palpatine, and and it was her grandpa who was somebody. So anyway, uh, yeah, her and Kylo trade so wait, life who were her parents then? her parents are who still they're still parents? nobody they're just they're one of palpatine's kids who isn't a major player in the in you know the in the story um the guy who was who 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 turns into being the the evil the, emperor ghost thing the emperor, yeah, right. yeah yeah and he comes back it's actually really funny i laughed out loud in the theater uh he comes back and they're like well how is that possible and they're like Oh, we don't know. Magic. We don't know. It could be some kind of weird magic or cloning or something. Like <laughs> that's pretty much the Just line. Hand, hand wave it away. Yeah. Hand wave it away. <laughs> so yeah. And so he was really behind everything in the last three movies. And uh, 
he's he created a whole fleet in secret and he's gonna destroy everything and you know they they beat him of course and uh and uh yeah not, nothing much of substance happens uh you know princess leia dies they piece together a performance out of a bunch of pre-recorded you know stuff that was left on the cutting room floor uh han solo comes back oh man that sucks that's really cheesy how does how does uh how does princess leia die let's just spoil this motherfucker she seriously if you care about spoilers for this fucking franchise (laughs) first of all reevaluate everything about who you are what what your what your value system is the sad thing is that i saw this movie last night you know what if you are pissed off about me spoiling uh, us spoiling this movie right now shut off this podcast and just find somebody you love and hug them and ask them how their day is (laughs) call them call your parents call your mother and ask her how you know how things are I can't, and really listen. I can't believe I'm having trouble remembering all these plot points when I just saw the movie last night, but that's how it just empty it's it all is. It seems like a completely forgettable <laughs> it is. movie. It is. The first 30 minutes are spent jumping from scene to scene, character to character, with no form of like progression. It's just like, here's what's happening here. Here's what's happening here. Here's what's happening here. Here's what's happening here. Uh, but yeah, no, Leia dies uh, in a bed... She, I guess she's like already dying and then to Just shitting herself. Yeah. <laughs> then she, she force ghosts. She force, uh, they, they, they jokingly call it on, on Twitter. They call it force Skyping. Uh, she, she force messages. Uh, Oh, so that wasn't Kylo even a joke. Ren. That was, oh, I didn't even come up with that joke on my own. No, you didn't. Yeah. I said force face. I said, I oh, said, you said, he, I, said I remembered from the last movie that Luke died doing FaceTime. Yeah. So that, that's I what happens with Leia too. Yeah. I thought that was a completely original joke. I guess yeah. everybody's made that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it had its moments. It was You fun, could be more supportive. You could be like, well, it's great that you thought up that joke. And that like, you know, the, 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 the that maybe there was like a, a Jungian you sort of, um, what do you call that? I'm clapping right now. Do you hear it? Collective unconscious, you know, where we all have this like shared experience and, uh, Quick, you know, make, we all hit. Make, make up a Chewbacca joke right now. One that hasn't uh, been said. Uh, Big Harry Dick <laughs> is. There's a great moment in the movie. I'll spoil too. I, I just want to chew on this dick. I want to get your from the back up. I want to get your reaction on suck, this. So suck my dick from the back up. They're in the middle of the desert. There's nothing around. Okay, and they're trying to get their ship uh, working. This is uh, Oscar Isaac and uh, and Ray. Fuck, and, they still and, have him. Yeah, yeah. So it's all the, the three main characters and Chewbacca, and they're trying to get their ship going. All of a sudden, the bad guys show up in one ship. Okay. And they take Chewbacca and start to fly away. All right. And they're like, oh no, they got Chewbacca. And Ray, using the force, starts making the ship land. Right. But then Kylo Ren, using the force, starts making it fly away again. And they're like out trying to outforce each other. Right. And Ray pushes too hard and basically explodes the ship. And there's this big emotional moment of, oh my God, they just killed Chewbacca. And in the next scene, it turns out Chewbacca's alive and on a different ship. And then Ray gets a vision of that and realizes it. She's like, oh my <laughs> God, he's still alive. And one of the other characters goes, oh, I guess he was on a different transport. <laughs> 
there was nothing else in the scene. They weren't in a city. They were, there was nothing else for him to be on. It was only that ship. That was the only thing he could have been on. I don't know, man. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is my. If this is gonna be my kind of movie. Yeah, I don't think you need um, to see it, quite frankly. Yeah, it's probably one that I can miss. I missed the last one. I caught it on HBO again when it came out on HBO. Well, that was a good one because and here's the thing, and I think this is the reason why people didn't like the Last Jedi is the Last Jedi tried, and it's because of Ryan Johnson, really. But it tried to be a Star Wars movie like kind of for grownups, even though there's still plenty of, you know, silly, fun kid shit in it. It, it still, it tried to explore even some heavy stupid, stupid, stuff. Like, come on. Like, it tried know. though. It tried. I think that the right thing to do is to let this franchise die. It, like, well, that is definitely, but that was the point the of the last movie. Jedi. That was the whole point of the last Jedi is to let all the past die and move on, you know, but uh, the fans just refused to let that happen. Really? Are you sure it's fans, Dave? Well, are you sure that it's not fucking Disney? It's a little. I'm it's definitely sure it's a little Disney. of both. Definitely a little of both. Like that. I don't know, man. That movie's been those. All I know is I want to see Uncut Gems. I wish it would open here already. Yeah, it comes out Uncut on Christmas Gems looks Day. Like it's going to be baller. Everybody, everybody in New York and LA has seen it, and it's just like oh, I can't wait. That... Do you want to do that one with me? The the episode. For piecing it together, yeah. Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, I think it would be a fun one for us to do because it's going to be we so still have to insane. Do Parasite, which yeah. I haven't. Um, fuck. When does that come out? On uh, whatever. I think the twentieth or something of January. So we still have a little time. I saw Parasite twice. Oh yeah, that really nice. stuck with me. I, I don't want to spoil it and like steal thunder from from your show. So it's all you know. good. It's all good. <laughs> what else is a uh, what else is crapping in the news, oh, my friend? I don't know. What else is crapping in the news? I mean... What was the other thing we wanted to talk about? Oh, I forget. What was it? Um, was it... It wasn't the Trump impeachment, was it? I mean, that's kind of a week ago already. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what are you going to have... What opinion are you going to have about I, I that? Got, what are you going to have to, what I, are you gonna have to share? I got nothing. Uh, Robert Smith from The Cure, his favorite movie was Apollo 11. His favorite movie of 2019. Um, that was really good, by the way. How about also that? Speaking of Pete Buttigieg, uh, Kevin Costner is is endorsing <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> Everybody, and I, I saw that, and it just reminded me of like I've been paying a lot of attention to these stupid polling splits and cross tabs and shit lately, and there was a thing where. Like apparently the only people who like Pete Buttigieg are old folks, like over sixty is he's he's killing it over sixty, and people under forty can't stand him and his campaign through the press because they own the press. His campaign is like they've got their tendrils into every fucking uh, shitty newsroom from CNN to the New York Times, and um, they were trying to like put spin on that and explain why. Oh well, people don't know him, and once they get to know him, they end up liking him. But I really just think it's like this this thing where he is cute to old folks. <laughs> like they remind he reminds old folks of like what they wish their grandkid was. Right. You know, like like oh, he's so sweet. Type shit. You know, I I I don't know how to explain it, but. I think for anybody like in our age group, because he's in our age group, he's the same age as you. 
And like for some reason he gets like all this credit for being crazy young. He's not that fucking young, but I guess he's about as young as you can be for, and run for president. Yeah, actually, I, I be- was pretty surprised when I looked him up earlier uh, that he's he's actually two years younger than me, and that is pretty surprisingly young. Yeah, so he's he's really young. I think that if you're like if you're our age or younger, you can spot or smell out or ferret out the phoniness of him. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just way more apparent if you're younger. And that's why his numbers are so low in the 40 in the under 40 demographic. Like he uh, he he just is so he you know what he is? He's advertising. We were just talking about this. Mm. He is advertising. He's slick, well packaged, um technically interesting and you know uh, well plotted out, well put together, and if you ever look at the way that advertising uh, affects or or the, the not the effects, what am I looking for? The efficacy, like how how well it works, right? Mm. It works great over fifty, and people under forty, it does not work great. People under thirty, advertising is almost useless. Like it doesn't even come question, close to touch. Question, it. quick question: Do you think that has anything to do with uh, we are seeing online ads where those older people are seeing TV ads because they're still glued to TVs all the time? Well, I think you're skirting around the issue a little. I think you're like you're close. You're close. I think what it is is more like we have lived our entire lives inundated with ads sure. on everything that makes sense too and and the and like people in their 60s and then their 50s or whatever they spent the first like 20 or 30 years of their lives where ads were in magazines on billboards and on television mm-hmm. and on radio and that that's it we have ads everywhere and on this you know sort of ubiquitous in quote unquote online world that we've grown up in that we're sort of natives in we have been getting it forced down our throat nonstop yeah. pretty much our entire adult lives and for people younger than us their entire lives yeah like a 25 year old person has only ever known the internet with ads getting shoved down their throat absolutely and all the information that they consume and all the interstitials and all the banners and skyscrapers and all the if they listen to podcasts all the bumpers right all that shit it's like it's part of the landscape of the world and it's a part of the landscape of the world that it's like it's like a median on a on a freeway you just kind of you learn to just ignore it you don't even pay attention to it you're mm-hmm. you're immune to it where there might be like i don't know imagine how fascinating it was to drive on a freeway for the first 10 or 15 years that freeways were invented. Mm -hmm. You were probably like, Oh my God, look at that. That's crazy. I've never seen anything like this. People are going 80 miles an hour. And like, what is interesting about a freeway now to people who grew up driving on a freeway? Nothing. Right. Sure. It's the same shit. We are completely inured to it. Yeah. And that's what Pete Buttigieg is. He's, (laughs) he's advertising. That's pretty, that's pretty much the worst thing you can say about someone actually. Yeah, people under 40 realize that he's just a work. He's just a, a, a he's just a campaign. And I don't mean like a political campaign. I mean like a, like an advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. He's he's Toyotathon. Yeah. Like why would you buy like I always wonder Lexus December to remember. 
I don't know where I pulled that out of my ass, but like I'm aware that like probably because I watch basketball, I watch NBA basketball, I watch football. I used to watch football a lot. And so because of that, I'm aware that Lexus December to remember is a thing that happens every year. Who the fuck makes a buys a Lexus because of the December to remember? Yeah. Who the fuck buys a Toyota because of Toyota thon? Right. Right. People over the age of fifty, I would I would venture. Right. People over the age of fifty are not inured to it. They 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 they, they got their their. Tr- I tell you, I'll tell you something else too, and I, I want to hear your opinion on this. The big unspoken secret that nobody wants to mention about this whole like, oh, w- our world is turning into Minority Report. These, you know, whenever you hear somebody talk about with like breathless uh, angst about how our online behavior is shaping and customizing these very dense algorithms that can control us and make us buy and do things. I agree personally that we are being monitored all the time. I agree that our privacy is being invaded. I agree that the companies and the websites and the caches and the cookies and the browsers and everything know way too much about us and that they're building this incredibly impressive um, algorithm about all of us that is going to dictate and predict a lot of our behavior. What I disagree about is that any of it's going to work. I don't think that any of that shit's going to work on anybody under the age of 40. I'm not going to be sold by, by any of the fucking, whatever the algorithm comes up with about me and spits back out at me, I'm not going to fucking buy it. And I'm not going to do the behavior that they're, that they're looking for. Probably. I mean, online ads don't work. Digital ads don't work. Even when they're like super targeted and backed by this incredible ever growing mountain of data that's informing whatever the fucking shit is that they're showing to you. It still just doesn't fucking work. People just don't respond to it. And see, and I think you're a hundred percent right, but I also think that it, it has to be not just about the ads themselves and like what they're selling, but it has to be about the, the greater overall thing of getting into our minds, you know? Um, and maybe it's more for political purposes or something like that, but, uh, it like just to kind of plant the seed, but it's not actually about trying to get us to buy this shit or any of that stuff, because you're right. I mean, everything you were just saying about like who the fuck actually responds to these ads. Like I would never buy something because of an ad, you know, that's, it's just I can't imagine a thing that is being advertised to me that I don't already want and know about. Like, it's it's I don't know. Well, you 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 might be onto something there. Actually, it reminded me, and while you were just talking about that, I pulled it up. This website's kind of bullshit. Lawfare is is a, a pretty bullshit, like neolib, like trash, uh, website. I mean, it's. It gets a lot of respect and all the people that write for it end up, you know, being on MSNBC all the time. But, I mean, that's pretty faint praise. Uh, So, but they did have this article that I found interesting. And, okay, so your your contention is then, let me, let me, let me like not, you know, misquote you or incorrectly phrase what you're trying to say, right? Mm. You're trying to say that maybe it's, Maybe what all this digital shit is, 
the front end of it is it looks like advertising optimization but and maybe that 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 won't be that effective but the back end is like a more profound like really getting into your head right and affecting the way that you think right what thing, what right? you're willing to accept and you know all that kind of stuff yeah expectations and you know your perceptions yeah. of of reality and shit yeah how about this what is uh what is the soul publishing dave the soul I don't, the, I don't know the soul all one word it should be two words but it's all one word the soul like as in like you know your eternal soul publishing uh, um, i don't know it, so, it sounds like Cap... a, sounds like a bad guy in a stallone movie like so <laughs> it's it's a question that um lisa kaplan on lawfare again i'm, I'm not like a huge fan of lawfare uh, it's kind of like this. It's like a, a national security rag. Uh, NatSec reporters that are kind of, you know, they're like the kinds. The, the, and you'll hear from this article. They're the kind of the they're they're the, the the you know Russian conspiracy theorists. They blame everything. Like they blame literally everything on Russia. Mm-hmm. And you know, they it, it's it's you know it's just that it's that. If you're looking for that, right? Um, the biggest social media operation you've never heard of is run out of Cyprus by Russians. What the heck is... Uh, here's the lead from Lisa Kaplan on Lawfare. What the heck is the soul publishing? I'm still honestly not sure. Here's what I do know. Measured in terms of views and subscribers, it had the third largest reach of any group of entertainment channels on YouTube in November, outranked only by Disney and Warner Media. It is run by Russian nationals and based in and managed from Cyprus, with U.S. operations housed in a shared workspace in New York. Now here, I want to, I want to just stop right there and just say like, this is the kind of fucked up thing that has happened to our brains collectively. People like Democrats or liberals since 2016 is that just saying like, it's run by Russian nationals. It's like, it's supposed to terrify you and like drop in the, the scary, like, you know, uh, uh, rear window music or whatever. It's supposed to be like, and like, okay, well, fine. They're probably just, uh, she goes into real, real deep detail about what this, this, this company is the soul publishing. It's all of these little, like five minute crafts, bright side, five minute craft kids, like all the different little, like, I don't know. Have you seen have you seen these videos where it's like music playing and then there's like live actors and it's very cheesy and they'll they'll show you how to like make a make a toilet out of like a you know like a camping toilet out of a bag and like a broken chair or mm-hmm. something like that. Like and they'll like 20 different hacks that you can do when you um when you when you go out for the night and stuff like that. I'm sure and I've it's seen just stuff like it, it at least. It's shit where it's like 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 oh you rub a crayon on your shoes, and then leave them in the sun, and that makes your shoes uh, waterproof. Is that true? And, like, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> That's actually it sounds very possible. <laughs> they make each one of their channels, the more popular channels, make like dozens of videos a day. Each one of the videos gets millions and millions of clicks. Um, they've been going, I think, since like I don't know. I, I'm not. Re- I, I read the whole article last night, but I'm not going to go through the whole fucking thing again. 2015 ish, right? Mm-hmm. So they've really, uh, 
popped in terms of like they're the third most watched thing on YouTube mm-hmm. behind Disney and Disney content and um and Warner media all of Warner media so what they 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 find a few sort of questionable videos that are a little like pro Russia in a very weird like all these videos are weird they're like you watch them and they're like bizarre you don't know what the point of them is some of them don't make any sense mm-hmm. and then there's one specifically one that they call out where it shows uh like a, it's like a 12 minute video that's about like the history of Russia and it's a very glowing history and very revisionist about it it ignores a few very key things uh in Russian history um and then also at the end of the video it shows the year 2099 and Russia has taken over all of Asia and all of yes. Europe yes which kind of rules um so uh and then it presents you know it does the thing that that you can't do with with any of these neoliberals or uh or liberals or whatever's um the brookings crowd it 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 makes vladimir putin out to just be a normal leader as opposed to like a ruthless evil thug dictator which i mean he is that but he's also their boogeyman and anybody who doesn't uh who who, who, any any anything that doesn't comport to that is usually viewed as propaganda or um you know a psyop or whatever so (laughs) this is that shit where i could see and i'm trying really hard not to fall into this like uh, xenophobic trap of like anti-Russian sentiment that has completely poisoned the brains of every fucking MSNBC watcher out there. But the thing you're talking about, where it's like, what if you have this perch, the third most popular thing on YouTube and on Facebook, and you just, you know, spring of 2020, decide that you want to make it be a political thing, or you want it to be maybe... more political than it is right now. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a kind of shit that could actually get into the minds of people. Most of the stuff, don't forget, that came out of the Mueller report, most of the uh, quote-unquote interference that came from Russia in 2016, it was, if you look at the scale of it, it was, I'm going to forget the exact numbers, but they're so meager. They're so paltry. It was like Facebook ads that, were seen by and you know how it is with the ads on facebook the poor russians man i feel terrible for them they probably dumped like a million bucks into putting an ad on and only like fifty thousand people saw right yeah (laughs) so but that's the thing nobody talks about this interference it's like oh this interference russian interference they put all this money into interfering with our elections the practicality of it is that like very very few people actually saw any of those ads and or any of that native content that they built out and what are the chances that they, that any of it changed their mind? I mean, if you're somebody who's living in a suburb of, of Michigan and you saw an anti-Hillary ad, there's probably a good chance that you probably already didn't like her. Mm-hmm. And you didn't need an anti-Hillary ad to tell you that, you know, she has the, the Kandiru virus or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Have you heard of this? You, you never heard of this shit, have no, you? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. But you're an online guy. You just sit around watching videos and watching Facebook all day. I've been with you. That, that's not true at all. But... All you do is stare at your phone. 
That's true, but I'm not usually watching videos. I, nothing gets in. That, that's the thing you got to remember about me. What breaks through? Nothing. You, uh, people responding to my podcast on Twitter. That's about oh, it. What do I got to do? <laughs> what is the Bird Road thing? How do we end an episode? I don't know. We're a podcast. You know, we, we say, uh, don't forget to, you know, subscribe and and all that stuff follow us on social media why do you do that part i've been talking a lot well uh and honestly you're probably a more like with the fundamentals in podcasting like those like you know the layup line and the uh you know dribbling with both hands bounce pass the fundamentals like I think that you're a little more solid on that now. You're building me up way too much. Now. I'm, 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 I'm a. <laughs> gonna be bad. You're a real like lunch pail type podcaster. <laughs> like you show up, you work hard, you hit your marks, you do everything right. Uh-huh. I am a little more of a hot dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a little more of a show off. A little uh-huh. bit more of a uh, you know. I, uh, who's I, your I, daddy? A little more. Who's your daddy? <laughs> I'm a regular J.R. Ryder or J.R. Smith. You are more of a Jeff Hornacek type okay. of podcaster. If you, if you both say are, so. Both are effective, uh-huh. but they're different. Mm-hmm. And they're important. They both have important roles. Mm-hmm. Two sides of the same coin, Dave. That's what I I'm trying it. to say. All so right. why, don't you, why don't you hit us with, um, with, those, with, the, with, with the two-handed bounce pass of, of uh, you know, a podcast outro. All right, let's do this. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show today, you should uh, rate and get your did head. You, did examined. you just hit stop? Did you just hit stop? Like I heard you click something. Wait, no, wait. that was <laughs> like you clicked something hard. Like <laughs> I cracked my finger. Oh, okay. Well, you should uh, you should rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We're not on Facebook anymore, but on Twitter at Bird Road Podcast. And uh, you can also follow Piecing It Together at Piecing Pod. And uh, also check out Entre Dos. Entre. And, entre. <laughs> entre Dos. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't say it like that. I'm not allowed hey, to. Hey, hey, huh? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. Well, what, what would you do if I'm plugging the podcast and all of a sudden I put on a thick accent? For it's Entre not dos. a thick accent, you fucking <laughs> racist animal. It's no. just entre dos. That's it. It's like no, not hard. What, but what if I did is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what if you did do that? What yeah. you like? And also, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Entre dos. Arriba, arriba. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>